a spider tail. Welcome to AC Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Jared. I'm Laura. And we are back. Uh, it's been a weird couple weeks, but a good couple weeks because we officially had our first party in our new basement, our new renovated basement. The soft opening. The soft opening is what I called it. Uh, I don't know if, at this point, should that be the name of our basement, the soft opening? I did. That is how it sounded when it came <laughs> out of my mouth, is it, isn't it? Uh, I was thinking more of like the spider cave, but... Yeah, we we should have like voting on the layer name. Uh, so but, hear that, folks? Like, come up with a name, vote for your own thing. Unless at some point you're like, no, someone else is better. Yeah, if you, I have that idea sometimes. Really, the best way to vote is just to tell me in the store because I don't check any other messaging or anything like that. So <laughs> I keep meaning to, except for MySpace, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm always on that. <laughs> uh, write that down. I'm not at all. No. Uh, but yeah, we we had a party. Jared came over. It was, it was fun. All with some other people. Played some ping pong. Played some arcade games. Burned things outside with our bonfire pit. Had some slight animal cruelty. Uh, <laughs> all. Yeah, I mean, people don't get on us all. It's that not sounded our fault. horrible. Yes. You said there's animal <laughs> cruelty, and I start laughing. Right. <laughs> well, it, in well, context, people. So we're our our dog is not the smartest. And he likes to get in the line of fire of a lot of... Ping pong. Things. Uh, yeah. he, he is very energetic and does always look before he leaps. He wanted to play the game. There was a ball. He's yeah. like, this is my ball, obviously. And it was a glow-in-the-dark ball because we had our black light on, so the ping pong ball looked extra glowy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a fun time. I, I thank everybody that came out. That was a good time. It was also Laura and I's sixth anniversary. So yeah. it was our anniversary party slash soft opening of the basement. Uh, so we yeah, celebrated with lots of candy. Because that's candy. what the internet said was how you're supposed to celebrate year six. Lots of candy, some drinking, uh, and some food, some burgers, hot dogs, s'mores. It was a good time. We didn't play any board games because we were busy talking and playing ping pong. But yeah, it was a good time. Uh, but since that was our our basement layer, uh, we decided what are some of our favorite comic book layers. So, Jared, why don't you kick it off, and what is the first one on your list? Well, I tried to stick with mainly villains, because I know we've talked about heroes, and I know we've talked about the Batcave, and this and that, and Titan's Tower, so I tried to stick with villains. Um, it was harder to come up with some of those, but uh, one that I always liked was uh, the Penguin's Iceberg Lounge. He's basically got a night uh, nightclub, and he uses it as a front to sell information and sell stolen goods. He's like basically like a fence and everything. But it's one of the, like, places to go in Gotham, you know? So it's the nightlife of Gotham is very strong in the Iceberg Lounge. And it's always been good stories. It's shown up in uh, the Gotham TV show, the uh, Batman Arkham games, uh, several different comic series. Um, it was featured in Deceased. Um any, so it's anything in Gotham yeah, that's evil. Right. So everything, you know, kind of revolves around that a little bit right in this day and age with the Iceberg Lounge and in Gotham and everything. So I thought that I always liked the Penguin has a nightclub. I'm like, that just makes sense, I think. <laughs> and briefly, a few years ago, didn't Catwoman take it over? Yes. 
Yep. And it was still the Iceberg Lounge, though. Right. It was like, yeah, it makes more sense for Penguin because, you know, Penguin and... Right, Iceberg. Iceberg and everything. But... So, but yeah, he had a... I don't remember their names, but like his waitresses, I think were, I think they were like bird-based names or something. You know how the classic Batman villain side, you know, henchmen's names are, henchmen one and two and so forth. But uh, I think they were bird names of some kind, but I can't remember what they were. But yeah, the Iceberg Lounge, I thought that one was a really fun one. Especially because, yeah, it's not just a lair. Like, it's also a place of business where... Right, it's We're, a legitimate business and a nightclub. It's entertainment. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, it makes sense that a criminal would make a nightclub and a, a casino be a place like, well, who needs to be dirty when you can just make legit money through that? Right. <laughs> the house always wins. So. Yep. Some laundry service. Yeah. Uh, Laura, what is the first one on your list? I was trying to remember back in the Spider-Girl days, there was actually an FBI agent named Arthur Whedon. So this is kind of a a slash between a good guy and a bad guy layer because he was reforming supervillains and they were doing their practicing to become a good team, like team building exercises in this old abandoned amusement park, actually. And I didn't realize at the time, like, because I'm like 13 when I read this um, back in... You know what? I wasn't 13. It was 2003 Spider-Girl issue number 62 is what it says this came out of. Um, But back then, I I remember like the Joker and people like that always had an abandoned amusement park was a common bad guy hangout. Like, I don't know why amusement parks get abandoned so well. Like, I love Cedar Point. They should never get abandoned. But anyway. It's because they make too much money to be abandoned. Yeah. But these other ones go out of business and then... uh, Spider-Girl gets led there, and she's like, what's going on? All these bad guys. And then the, the this Arthur Whedon guy shows up, and he's like, actually, you're trespassing, and this is a FBI-sanctioned uh, area, and all these people are under my tutelage, and blah, blah, blah. And this guy's always a jerk. Like, no one likes Arthur Whedon. Probably no one remembers him either, pretty <laughs> much. But, like, I had to Google him to find, to remember his name. But, yeah, he'd caught um, Kane, the, the clone, uh, Somewhat, obviously. Um, he had, I think it was like Giant Man. I already forgot the other guy's name. It was like Electro. No, it wasn't Electro. It was like Live Wire. It was some some guy with uh, electric powers, but not the Electro guy. Killer the, Watt, that was the guy. Sorry. The, um, the Walmart version of Electro. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Raptor. There were a couple other ones, too. Sorry, I... I didn't realize I didn't screen cap all the pictures. Like when you go to Marvel Unlimited and look stuff up, like it has safety features so you can't just steal screen caps. What? Yeah. Which is not like I get it, but it's unfortunate because like you'd think that would sell more comics if you could take a quick screen cap and then share it and be like, hey, look, everybody, go read this. Like go get Marvel Unlimited and so read this issue. Do like a screen cap limit sort of thing or. Yeah. Well, or like you have to crop it a certain way. Next time, pull it up on your uh, surface there and then take a picture with your phone of the surface. I thought about doing that, honestly. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I thought about doing it at work with my tablet there and then emailing it to myself. I was like, oh, this is too much effort from work. But That's fair. But yeah, anyway, so yeah, in, in these issues, Spider-Girl discovers this secret amusement park layer of all these guys and like kind of infiltrates the group, even though she's not a reformed criminal. And she's just trying to figure out what these... At first, she thinks that's just, like, 
a group of bad guys doing bad things. And then she finally gets them to reveal their plans. And they're like, no, we're actually trying to stop bad guys and do this, that, and the other. And so it's a good story arc. Um, it's around the time when they start introducing the Black Tarantula. And that was, I always thought that was an interesting point in Spider-Girl. So if you've got time, go back on your Marvel Unlimited or find some back issue check at the swap meet on the 17th, you said? I believe so, yes. Okay. For back issues of Spider-Girl, which probably probably are unlikely to be there, but you should go look anyway. If someone else sets up yeah. their own table, they might have it. Yep. And it was around issue 62, and I think it was like a five-story-ish arc, so all about setting up this story. I think Normie Osborne gets shot, and everyone's blaming the raptor, and she has to explain herself, and it, it was a good... A good set of issues and focused on everybody was hanging out at this layer because it was secret. Super secret. Uh, first one on my list is going to be, uh, Jared, I want to need your help on this one probably for some <laughs> stuff because you're the, our resident DC guy. But it's the Hall of Doom, which was owned by? Uh, Doom. Lex Luthor. <clears throat> or not or, owned. Or uh, who's, who? He was what, like the leader Who there. uses it though? It's the uh, Legion of Doom or the Injustice League. According oh. to the internet, you were right the first time, Legion of Doom. It's the it, same it, thing. Depending on what iteration, yeah. it's all the same. I have a fun fact about that one. It is located on the swamp where Solomon Grundy was created or born. On a Monday. Yep. The character who dies and becomes Grundy died in that swamp and oh. was reborn as Solomon Grundy in that swamp. Uh, see, you definitely know more about it than I do already based off of that. Uh, for me, I always think of it as it's the anti-Hall of Justice. Like, Pretty it's much. Just, and the Hall of Justice reminds me of the, it's, what is the building? It's actually in Cincinnati that the front is made of. Um, um, it's not an art museum, is it? It's some, I I know because whenever, positive whenever you that. drive through Cincinnati, it's like, oh, there's the Hall of Justice. Yeah. I can't remember facade. which building it is. But I, I, but know, yeah. it's, I know it's in Cincinnati. Yep. Uh, it's like, oh, there it I'd is. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, I did too. Um, but yeah, uh, it, Al, if you're listening, you probably know more about this than the yeah, rest of us. Yeah, but um, I always thought when they'd have the old Super Friends cartoon that it almost looked like a morphed Darth Vader helmet. Oh, I could see that. Just yeah. a little bit. So I'm like, did they get that influence from Vader or opposite or, you know what I mean, as as a kid, you know. There's the negatives of the Hall of Justice. And, right, pretty much. Because, uh, I mean... It's the same thing. Oh, it's just, the exact We have the big thing. table. They're yeah. all sitting around, but they're all villains instead of right. heroes and yep. trying to plot against the heroes. Yeah. I always thought uh, Robot Chicken did a really good job with some of their Legion of Doom stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Robot Chicken does a pretty good job with any of their parodies of stuff. Right. Uh, they're not around anymore, are they? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I don't think they're still making any ro- no, Robot Chicken stuff. No, I think stuff. I watched most of that stuff on like YouTube and stuff like that. I never actually watched the show. I watched the Star Wars ones because those were good. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. those were obviously... Gotta check those ones yeah. out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Hall of Doom. Uh, I just... Any Hall of Doom, Hall of Justice, like, really, it's it's just a hall. It's not a, it's not even a full not room, really. just a hall. Not a house, it's a yeah, hall. It's just, you go in and it's one giant room. Right. <laughs> But that uh, giant head could go down into the swamp and hide. So as a supervillain, that'd be good to have. Right. Yep. Satellite comes over. Nope. Just a swamp. (laughs) I mean, yeah, (laughs) it's ridiculous, but it it works. It works. uh, I mean. They need to bring it back in the comics. Yeah. They don't really have it in the comics prominently very much. 
Which is kind of surprising. You'd think that as much as they bring back all the golden age of everything, too. Right. Like, well, why not bring back everything you can that will right. capitalize on anything? Unless they're going to do like a big event book where it's the Injustice League versus the Justice League, but on a, you know, grand scale. Right. Because uh, do they even do anything? I know 20, I think it was 2019 or 2020 was You're the Villain. Yeah, and they didn't even do they anything, didn't anything with, with that. that. Like, I don't that's, think. That's your prime like, time oh, to do here's, that. Here's a comic book cover with your villain on it, and... That's it. That's all we did for the year. They the were villain. cool covers. They, Don't get me wrong. I loved them. DC always does really cool covers. Right. But um, there, I can't tell you what that whole story arc was about. Uh, I mean, because that was before City of Bane with Batman? So. Or was it during City I, of Bane? Even? I think it was before. But, I don't know. Last yeah. time you've seen like the Injustice League or the Legion of Doom in full force, I think, was pre-New 52. That sounds. They may have awesome. done like a because I started. Quick team yeah, I started here, reading but... in New Fifty Two, and I don't remember anything about it. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the Hall of Doom is my first on my list. Like I said, I, Jared, I knew you'd be able to tag team with that more than I yeah. would. Like, eh, I was mentioning you can, you can go on your own little thing with that. So, so uh, what's next on your list then, Jared? I've got two. One I just wanted to mention with Poison Ivy. So I have roughly I always... three total. If that helps you, okay. Then I'll I'll stick with just Poison Ivy. It's a real short one. Uh, basically, I like. That Poison Ivy will go in and set up a, a base. She'll just take an abandoned building and then just grow a garden. And that's her base. It's it doesn't matter. She's, yeah, pretty much. But it doesn't matter where she is. She just makes her makes it a greenhouse and a garden. As long as there's soil around. Right. So it, there's not much to say about it other than that. But I always thought that was one of the coolest. Like she always made the layers for her. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, here's an abandoned whatever. I'm going to move in. She's going to move in and then just basically change everything, yeah. you know? So I always like that about her. Uh, so. My favorite with her was in the deceased world when she took over Gotham. Like, all right, yes. and now the whole, all yep. of Gotham. And she kind of teamed up with a swamp thing to for the, the green is what they call it. Right. It's like Mother Earth There's or something. A giant green you know, pod right. in the middle of all the death. Yep. And her swamp thing just made it in the middle of Gotham. And, and they, that's like a utopia. Yeah. And they allowed civilians to live there. They're like, all right, just one rule. Don't hurt the green. Like, right. It's protecting you. So don't right. make us angry. Which. Makes me wonder, like, okay, well, what do they do for food? At a certain point, like, well, there, all that's left is green. The, the green provides. Oh, so, but that's the way I took it. I don't right, know. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually say that. But yeah, lots of apple trees. Lot, lots <laughs> of and <laughs> strawberries. Yeah, and... exactly. Tomatoes. <laughs> okay, uh, so this reminds me of uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He has their own uh, podcast called Star Talk, and one of the episodes are talking about how people value life like oh what do we consider a sentient life and oh what's mean to kill and eat and what's not mean like oh from our bias you know the vegetarians like oh well, they're not sentient it's fine but what if there's like for example Groot world like oh we are killing and eating the the greens children or their reproductive organs that's pretty much what we eat exclusively out of plants Pretty much. Like, um, so from that, when you, whenever you say, oh, it provides the apples, like, oh, you're eating its genitals. Yep, pretty <laughs> I much. <laughs> I don't know if that's nicer or not than the rest of it, but. It's kinkier, at least. <laughs> it, it's something, that, that's for sure. But I was just like, mm. so one argument against vegetarianism is like, well, that's based off of your bias. Your, yep. Your human bias. Right. So, or your special bias. Right. So, 
But yeah, I just thought when you said the group provides the app, I was like, oh, thank you. I'll eat your genitals. So yeah. Uh, Laura, what's next on your list? Um, I didn't have a name for it, but I was keep, I kept going back to the Green Goblin and how he had so many layers. Like in a lot of comic issues, you'll just come across another goblin layer. Like you're you're searching for something and you're like, Man, how many of these could he possibly have? Like It's like Batman. I yeah, I thought a lot of them were at Oscorp. It's just like he just hung out there. Yeah, that's true. But even then, there's still, like, layers of them, like, mm-hmm. so many secret rooms. Emergency and, escape rooms. Like, oh, I need my goblin stuff right now. So yeah. I can't go down two floors. I need it right now. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, another part of it, sorry to, to dive into the cartoons a little bit. I know we like to focus on the comics, but I figure you'll forgive me a little bit. Like, there's one episode of Spider-Man the Animated Series where I remember Peter was following trying to find all these goblin layers i think he was actually tracking harry at the time and the punisher's following him too and he's like after all this time i've decided you must be the green goblin because you keep finding all these layers and i'm tracking you to all these places and i remember the goblin actually came out and attacked both of them and peter's like so that's me up there huh like very ironic that i come to this layer like i'm tracking it the same as you and there i am but you think that i'm you think that's me. But Clone he, saga. Uh, Spider-Man is possible. Clones. Touche. But yeah, I, it also kind of reminded me of the, there's one of the um, video games where Spider-Man's always losing his backpacks. Like, he leaves those everywhere. It made me think of the goblin leaving his layers. Like, because he's a billionaire, he le- he doesn't just leave a little tiny backpack. He leaves an entire well, I guess just rooms, really. No, not usually a whole building, but... Alcoves. Yeah. Just stuff everywhere. Norman can't keep track of his tech. Well, even in comics, like, recently, where they... Uh, where Normie and what's the other young one? Maybe Dylan? Oh, oh, you mean Stanley. Yeah, Stanley. How they find a goblin base of operations mm-hmm. and... Uh, who's the mom? Liz. Liz Allen. She's like, don't you dare touch that, blah, 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 we have to get rid of it. And they're like, oh, you're trying to erase dad's history. Like, no, no, his history is unerasable. But I'm trying to protect you because those are bombs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Children I think should that, not play with bombs. I think that Liz found it first. I don't think that Normie did. But regardless, uh, yeah. somebody there found it. One of them it. found it. Of the three of them, someone found it and was and like, the, ooh, let's gear it in this. And the kid got, the kid was playing with it. I know that. Yeah. And, the, and she was like, nope. Yeah. I honestly think she found it because she went about destroying it, like getting rid of it. And I think if Normie had found it, he wouldn't have told anybody and would have kept it as his own layer. Yeah. But I, I, it's when I was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, we're not trying to, and she even said, we're not trying to erase yeah. his history. We're just trying to be safe. Like, kids shouldn't play with bombs all of a sudden. Come on. Terrible mother. She, they should allow it to be a lot of play. Don't worry. She's about to embark on some misery. So <laughs> There we go. <laughs> uh, and when you were mentioning the animated series, it reminds me of... I'm sorry, I know we talked about this before this past week. I don't know if it was on your list or not, but Alistair Smythe, how he had his lair that he was building all the Spider Slayers in the Chrysler building. They'd always have that in the animated oh. series. Yeah, I guess I never thought of that as Alistair's lair. It was the Kingpin's lair, and or Alistair Kingpins, worked yeah. for him. Yeah. Uh, but how I, it always reminded me of when the front would open and, like, mm-hmm. oh, that's the landing pad or takeoff ramp or whatever. So whenever I see like pictures of the real one, like oh that that just part opens right, the hinges right open like a drawbridge, that'd be fine. That's where you do your villainous things. 
I remember always being confused why no one could track down the kingpin when I'm like, the entire front of the building <laughs> opens up. Why isn't anyone tracking this? Come on, people. And this is the exact same shot every single time, too. Yep. They like to recycle some shots in that show. But it makes it's, animation cheaper that way. Yeah, it's true. Like, oh, we'll just do a mirror image instead of swinging to the left, we're swinging to the right now. See, I always thought that was smart. I loved that when oh, yeah, I was a it, kid. It's, it is... Economical. Lazy and efficient. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they change the background. So. They change the background and, sometimes, yeah. And I used to love, too, if you pause things. Like, there's one episode where Spider-Man's bouncing around so much, and they actually reused other shots that they didn't take out the background. And Spider-Man would bounce into where Doc Ock's, um, I forget what it was called, like the giant accelerator like bomb or energy source thing that he was trying to make he bounced to that and then he bounced another way and he got hit by the lizard's tail and then he bounced back it was actually in the episode he was supposed to be in where he's fighting like someone else entirely like not Mm -hmm. doc ock or the lizard but if you watch close enough you can see the tail and the bomb and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff it's like that that was super lazy recycling there because they actually used the wrong shots but but it was a TV show for kids, so mm-hmm. they're like, well, who cares? It is what it is. But I felt smart that I saw it. Yeah. Uh, slight spoiler. It reminds me of in this week's issue of Amazing Spider-Man, where you get to see, they definitely, someone messed up somewhere, where there's a continu- continuity issue from the left side of the page to the right side of the page, even. Uh, oh, I didn't even notice that. I, I didn't notice it until Evan pointed out to me at work today. I'm like, well, I'll be, I guess so. It's John Romita Jr. Now I got fighting. Well... Our best guess is because they're Just actually... Had, John the, Romita Jr. Well, for the, well <laughs> the drawing is the drawing. But the art, is the, it's the coloring that's different. Oh, so gotcha. I, there are two different colorists that are in this book, too. Ah. So m- our theory is that one guy had one side, the other guy had the other side. Um, but, yeah. Uh, it just continuity things. Like uh, I, didn't, I didn't notice until he pointed it out. I was like, huh, yes, you're right. And yeah, the best thing we come up with is like that's gotta be it for the continuity is because different artists or different colorists were yeah. filling it in. Uh, next on my list is going to be so uh, the last time I did a hall, I want to scale up a little bit. I'm gonna go with a castle, uh, Castle Doom, Victor Von Doom's oh, yeah. castle in Latveria. Uh, I, I guess technically it's his lair because it's where he does all his operations, but it's not like a secret lair. Like, no, I'm. It's just his castle where he rules the land. Right. And you could argue at that point, it's the whole Latveria is his, is his land. Because right. everyone like, no, he's a good king to us. Yeah, he's bad to everybody else. But he's looking out. He's Latveria first is what he's doing. He's taking care of our people. That's what we care about. Yeah, there's some injustices, maybe. But that's everywhere. At least right. at least we know what we're getting into here. Um, but yeah, I know he was you know, in the States, filling Fantastic Four. Then he went back to his homeland and kind of usurped the power and like all right well i'm the strongest one there is and it is what it is so uh yeah victor von doom with his lavaria and castle doom <laughs> at first i was saying the whole country well that's, which that's technically what I, is, that is but... what i said too <laughs> uh it was it's it, eventually yeah the whole country yeah uh and the, and now it's worse but then it's because he's in charge there he's diplomatic immunity legal loopholes dang legal loopholes yeah uh, so yeah, that's my next one. Jared, what is your next one? Um, I don't remember where this is from and I don't remember the whole story arc, but I remember, um, back in the 
Green Lantern, The War of the Lights, Around Darkest Night, or uh, Blackest Night, or shortly after that. I can't remember exactly when, but uh, Sinestro takes over War World from Mongol and turns it into like the Sinestro Corps' home base of operations, pretty much. Um, I don't think it lasted long, and I can't remember the whole story arc, but I just remember I'm like, that is a really good concept, and that's a really good base for them as an intergalactic army. You yeah. Know? So there wasn't much to it that I can remember. <laughs> but it was good and efficient for right. them. Right. It, it yep. It's one of those like, oh, it doesn't need to be complex. It makes sense for Right. And War World was basically just, um, it was a mobile planet that Mongol would just take from place to place destroying stuff. You know, that's basically what it was. So, yeah. Sinestro and his War World base or lair. That works. Laura, did you find the continuity issues? I'll show it oh, to you Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, looking through the whole thing and I, not knowing what it is, it's, I can't find it. That's okay. I'll show it to you later. Okay. But anyway, what's the last one? Or do you have another one on your list? I have, I guess I should say I have my final one. That was my last okay. one. Okay. Do you have another one or? Maybe. Okay. Go ahead. It's your turn. Okay. I just wonder if you're going to stop. Um, I Googled. Um, the spider nest, which I actually am not 100% I ever really noticed before. They said it was the superior Spider-Man's layer, which I guess... Yeah. I'm trying to remember, was that part of... I know for a while when he worked at Horizon Labs. I think that was within Horizon. Yeah, I feel like you could count Parker Industries, too, was kind of a layer, sort of. I mean, it was a whole business. Or at least it's a front for it. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be called the spider's web? That was my website when I was a kid, actually. But it's kind of like yeah. a Green Arrow with his arrow cape. Why didn't you call it the Quiver? Oh, yeah, uh, that actually makes sense. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, now. Lord, I would injustice. Come up that on <laughs> Monday, on our way down yeah. to Salina, you're like there. It was the Arrow Cave and the Rock of Eternity. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Because we're just talking about like vacations. Like, are these caverns? Because both of them sound like they would be cavern. Rock yeah. of Eternity cavern, sure. Arrow <laughs> Cave sounds like it'd be like Arrowhead Cave, like right. I was definitely on a different conversation track that you were on. I was like, I'm sorry, what? I did this to him a lot, honestly. <laughs> it's always a surprise if we're on the same page or not. I just usually read your mind first, and that mm-hmm. takes care of that. But Sometimes. anyway. Yeah, the, what, I, what Google gave me was the spider's nest. And it actually sounded like it was a lot in one of the cartoons as well that's on Disney+. Plus. Um, yeah, sorry, this is kind of a bad bad thing to bring up, but they... They mentioned that it was Octavius's, let's see, what did they call it? Sorry. Let me find this again. The Octolayer first. And then he renamed it the Spider Layer during the Superior Spider-Man arc. And then he, I like how it mentioned he shared it with Peter after he gave back his body. And I'm like, that that sounds so weird. Like, this, I was using this place while I was you and named it after all your stuff. And now that we're not doing that anymore, I guess I can give it to you. Whatever. But I I kind of wonder, too, if that one robot, the the one that was always like, oh, tasty beverage, blah, blah, blah. The work click guy? Yeah. Uh, what was his name? That had Peter's consciousness in it for a little while. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. had Doc Ock's consciousness in it for a little while, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, I forget that name is that robot. Maybe we'll yeah. do an episode on comic book robots at some point. We could. Yeah. But yeah, sorry that this is actually a terrible layer to bring up, but the, the spider's nest was 
on Google. It was first first appeared in My Own Worst Enemy, and it had some appearances during the Goblin War as well. So, but I don't really remember it being anything super special. Like, honestly, it's just where Spider-Man usually keeps his stuff until yep. he can come get it. He just hung out yeah. there for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not, not Aunt May's closet, not his room, <laughs> not his apartment. Not reading a backpack <laughs> along the side of the street. Yep. Uh, so my last one, first I want to have an honorable mention, which was Cobra Island from G.I. Joe. Uh, continuing my pattern of going smaller to larger for each one. And then my last one that I want to mention, uh, arguably, is I think it might be my favorite lair. Uh, when you're tired of people on Earth and everything, what do you do, Jared? Leave Earth. You leave Earth. So what does Magneto do? He left Earth. He colonized an asteroid. He caught an asteroid out of the sky. Oh, yeah. Asteroid M. Asteroid M. Um, oh, yeah. And like, all right, peace out. I don't know anything about it, but I've seen it and we've mentioned it in passing. Uh, so yeah, he basically caught, pulled an asteroid closer to Earth, put it in orbit, and like, cool, this is where I'm going to be. And he controlled the orbit himself, actually, too. So he'd use his own to keep it in, Makes perfect, sense. in perfect orbit. Uh, eventually... He either died or, or lost his power. I forget how it happened, but he lost control of it. It came crashed down to Earth. Uh, it, it became a floating island. And then uh, eventually after the whole, um, oh, what was it? Uh, Genosa, Genosha, once that got destroyed, eventually all the mutants went to Asteroid M and made that the new X-Men base. Is that like Krakoa? Which then when they did Krakoa recently, is another like, oh, well, we had one island. That wasn't big enough. So we need a bigger, we need to make our own country out of Krakoa and everything. But at least Asteroid M was reused. Like it was in space, then Cyclops took over. Uh, they actually had an alliance with Atlantis as well. They had Atlantis build a tower that connected it so it was no longer floating so they like they would support it and protect it from in case subs were attacking like well that's your deal with namor's people now you don't mess with them either we get the surface you get the underneath we'll be good to go so asteroid m which has had several uses and yeah i still like the uh and namor's half mutant he well he or is he the first mutant he is i believe the first mutant okay so he would have a vested interest in that I mean, potentially. potentially, you're right. Yeah. Over the years, they've definitely played with his alliance along yeah. the way. Where sometimes, like, yeah, sure. In other words, like, yeah, the surface, I don't care. Right. What is it? 80% of the water, or 80% of Earth is underwater. So, like, I'll just think of my underwater stuff instead of the surface world. But yeah, I thought it was cool to the reuses of Asteroid M and just the, in general, peace out, I'm going to space. And yeah, that would be a good layer. Yeah, it's uh, you can definitely see anything coming towards you because it's space, but also there's a lot more points of attack because space. Yeah, that kind of makes me think of an honorable mention. I know it's more from the movies, but nowhere wasn't that a celestial head or something that they that's in the comics, also. Okay, yeah, um, where yeah. I guess it, it's like a whole planet sort of thing, like a, it's a place civil, people it's live. City. It's its own yeah. civilization. Yeah. Sort of, it's a city-state sort of thing, where it's all one intergalactic people's, like refugees. Everyone okay. goes there everywhere. Everyone goes to nowhere. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, of a dead celestial head. So, yeah. So that is our quick picks of different layers. Anything else you guys can think of quickly off the top of your head? 
Not quickly. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) We'll save that for another topic. We'll save that for another topic when we forget that we did layers. We'll do that another year or two. How about that? Uh, So, moving on. Let's talk about comic books that came out recently. Uh, This was a fifth week month, so admittedly, it's pretty light on the content. Um, Because as we're recording this on Wednesday, the 31st, tomorrow's the 1st. So, a lot of publishers, like, I want to say DC only had three books that came out this week. Um I don't think I saw any of them. Marvel had only a, a handful, given the one was a big one. It was Amazing Spider-Man number 26. Six. Thank you. I couldn't see from here. Uh, but anyway, so let's talk about books that came out last week and or this week. Admittedly, I only have one book for this week. Uh, Same here. Jared only has one book. Laura has... I can talk a little bit about three books, but okay. what, about, whatever works. How about you narrow it down to two, and you can go first and last. So There you go. Go ahead with... One of your two picks, then, that you want to talk about. Okay, should, should I go big with Spider-Man? Do you want to talk about Spider-Man as you well? You can if or, you want to. Or should I go back to last week? Spider-Man is not my pick of the week. So. You told me you didn't have a pick of the week. I have a pick of, well, I meant for the po- I didn't have a pick of the week for the books that came on the shelf this week. But my pick for the podcast, which is last week and this week, I do have a book for that. And okay. it is not Spider-Man. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a topic for another podcast, isn't it? Okay, I guess I should start with Spider-Man, because if you're not gonna, then we, we gotta. Um, this is... They they claim that they're, they're setting all this stuff up for someone to die, and oh, I really want to spoil. It was um, spoiled on Facebook and yeah. all well, social media. Of who, but not necessarily how, though. Yeah, of who. Okay, so I so can... you could do the okay. who, yeah. I think. I, mean, okay. spoil. I saw yeah. it on Facebook today. We talked, well, we talked about it on the podcast two weeks ago of who it was going to be. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Then I'm, I'm going to go for it a little bit and be like... Spoiler what, warning, maybe. Yeah. What, what upset me most about what they did... Like, I admit, because I do read all the spider Well, not all. Like, a lot of Spider-Man tie-ins... I knew Kamala existed, Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel, existed in the Spider-Man universe, and she's been an intern at Oscorp, well, I guess not exactly Oscorp, but whatever the Oscorp subsidiary is right now, whatever is most recent layer. It's not completely out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, it it is in this issue, though. Well, like, it, they, they yes, try... In the, in the current arcs of Spider-Man yeah. in general, of yeah. the gob- Red Goblin, Gold Goblin, whatever... Yeah. Yeah, but even so, like she's been, she's been very misused in this series. So for them to try to pull her in and make it a big deal was very upsetting to me. Like it was not earned. It was like, very forced. Yeah, they they kind of shoehorned her into the story, and then they were like, "Oh, let's have a big event that revolves around this character that you have no feelings for at all. She just happens to be here." It's like it, it was very disappointing to me. Like so, even though it's essentially my pick of the week because it's Spider-Man really and a, a big thing happened. It's a major but, talking point too. I mean, we it, have variants on the shelf that are the spoiler variant, the spoiler cover variant where it shows that she dies. Spoiler. But yeah, yeah like uh, I just kind of wanted to mention that she, she's such a good character and I feel like they misused her in this and they, it was disappointing to me, but D- and to me, yeah. I don't blame the writers at Wells on it either. Uh, to me, this pure, feels purely Marvel saying, hey, uh, Amazing Spider-Man is our best-selling book. 
this has the most eyes on it as everything else. So, hey, Zeb Wells, make sure that you kill her off of this. Like, I don't care how, as long as you kill her in there. And he's like, well, but I have my own story. I'm doing my own thing. Doesn't matter. Kill her off. Okay. Yeah. Is the way it felt to me. It felt very yeah. forced and unnatural because, in the again, we talked about it before, in the comics, she's in a human, and the movies, and then in the MCU TV show right now, and then movie later, uh, she will be, a, she's a mutant, mutant in that. So the, the working theory is they're killing her off just to resurrect her as a mutant. So it's same meshing as right. the MCU. Ultimately, I don't care. Sure. It doesn't matter. It is what it is. But also like, like guys, that's a dick move to force him just to force that story. Cause yeah, the, the, they're doing this whole big story arc and an arbitrary killing just because. Introduce mm-hmm. and kill immediately, just because. Okay, here, Marvel, you're happy. I introduced her. I killed just her. Just turn her from inhuman to a mutant. Just, if that's if that's the route they go, we could be wrong on that. Right. I mean, I think they're already talking about bringing her back in like this November or something, right around the time the movie comes back. No, there you go. So, yeah, I was gonna say that too. She doesn't even have a current ongoing series like Correct. a comic book. So, it's sad to me that she can't even have such a big event happen in her own issues. Right. But people wouldn't yeah. see that in theory because. I don't know. It's dumb. But other than that, uh, for me, the story was fine. Like, yeah, it was, it was more of what it was, more of what it was before for better or worse. Yeah. It it does tie up some loose ends. It it gets you going in the story. I'm hoping after this, they can move on to something new. Like they, they've needed to bury this Rabin character and Wyup and all this ancient God of destruction stuff like oh, it's just not John doing Romita it for Jr. me i'm yeah. just happy because looking forward to the next issue where john Romita jr is not doing the art oh. uh he's gonna be off of it for at least two or three books then they're doing it oversized the wedding of excuse me the wedding of the century is coming up which who's that gonna be really yeah uh i'm pretty sure they already announced who it was um, but it's he'll, gonna be doc ock right that's he, one that shows on 27 doc ock and aunt may they're gonna get married again good um, I always thought they were a cute couple. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, John Romita Jr. will be coming back for that wedding issue. It's a $10 issue. It's My guess it's an anthology, so he's going to be one of several artists, is my best guess. But everything between now and then, solicited, has someone else doing the art. So, yeah. That should improve. Yes. I, I, in, As you can hear, we are opinion, not fans of John Romita Jr. I, you guys might be. I know there's I, at least I, I one listener him. that is a fan that he told us. He's like, why do you guys hit on him? I'm like, ah, I'm sorry. I, I just do. Yeah. It's uh, not yeah, my I, cup of tea for his artwork. I, I just don't think it's that good. Yeah. Especially in like this issue. He just makes everyone look so wrinkly and gross. It's like, why that's do what, you need that, to streak on him does. so much? Everyone has liney faces and everything. And it. it you're like Jared said, your values may, may differ than ours, but for us, it's a big old thumbs down. Right. But anyway, moving on from Spider-Man number 26, my pick of the last couple of weeks is going to be City Boy number one of six, uh, written by Greg Pak. It's a DC book. It's part of their We Are Legends uh, mini imprint within DC Comics, but has this new character, as far as I can tell, that can like vibe with the city like the theory is that the city is not just a bunch of people living it's actually its own living organism and so he can meld with that a little bit and he can phase through things he can have energy wave disruptions or things and it's a pretty cool issue i the first issue has a lot of flashing back between him getting his powers and him now and it does a pretty good job of it uh 
of doing that story back and forth. Like I said, it's a six issue mini. I'm curious on where it's going to go. If you're a fan of Greg Pak, then you'll probably like this. So I don't want to say too much because it is anything else would be pretty spoiler heavy on the on the book. But check it out if you're interested in a new mini series. Jared, what is your pick of the week? The one and only Nightwing. I am shocked. I am shocked that you picked Nightwing. It's been good. Tom Taylor nails it every every issue. Except for maybe one or two, but... I give you crap, but yeah, that's pretty accurate. He does a pretty good job with that. really good, but before he came on it, Nightwing hadn't been my pick of the week since we started, (laughs) you know? Since the start of the podcast? Yeah, I've got some bias in there, but I also have some truth that it's the best out there right now, in my opinion. That and Titans. And Titans. Titans issue one was awesome. Another Tom Taylor. Yep. But uh, we're still reeling from uh, his dealings with Necron, Blockbuster's daughter, uh, and the underworld pretty much um nightwing gets powers in this but necron gives gives him powers and he's like you've got these powers for two hours do what you want no no loose strings attached or anything no like weaknesses, that no right nothing so nightwing does his thing he beats up uh the titans are being attacked on themyscira from uh grod um uh what was it um, the smiling man the greening man and um the other one generic villains dr polaris and uh nightwing comes in they're you know wrapping that up so it's nightwing he actually goes with hangs out with superman for the clark for a little bit hangs and clark takes him up top uh to view earth from space without a, a spaceship or anything he goes with the Flash and hangs out, and the Necron's like, you know what? You can have these powers if you give me Blockbuster's daughter. No, he's like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so Immediately no. Right. So there's some good stuff that happens there, but uh, uh, we've got a bit of a cliffhanger with uh, Raven in this. There is some stuff going on with Raven yeah. there that I'm hoping they'll pick up probably more in Titans. I, I, th- I think so. I guess. Yeah, because this one... Um, uh, Beast Boy still has his eye patch. So this is like in between. This um, and Titans. This is before the Titans. Right. So I think this story arc will lead into Titans and then Nightwing will probably launch into his own new story arc from there. Uh, I like the new superhero name that Blockbuster's daughter takes. Yep. I don't want to spoil it because it's actually very fitting. And Do you like, think it'd be okay to spoil it? Yeah, I think it's fine. Okay. It's Nightbuster. Specifically like, why? Because of Nightwing, obviously, and her father's name was Blockbuster. So and They even said, why do you want, are you sure? You're, right. You know your dad was a bad guy. Yes. It's basically, she's doing it to annoy her dad. Because she knows that if his name was mentioned in the same breath as Nightwing, it'd make him angry. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, that's a good point. Yep. That's a cool name. All the Titans were like, yeah, we get that. Go for it. <laughs> we are fully in support Full of that. Full support of that. So, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in there. And Bitewing shows up again. All so, right, that's important. You've got part. the dog. So, yeah, uh, Nightwing 104, still knocking it out of the park. I got to say that Nightwing's been the best series I've been reading for a while. So. All right. And Laura, what is your other pick of the week? I guess from last week, I'll go with Feeder number one. It was by Bertolini and Nicorem. Um, the, the character Lee Kid, the royal... Um, he used to be a big action movie star, and when they introduce him here, he's fallen from from stardom, and he's essentially an assassin to hire. Or, yeah, I almost wanted to say that he's, like, out to collect debts, but at, at one point he's like, no, I'm not here for your money, and he just, like, obliterates all these people. 
And they, the, the biggest thing that made me curious, he mentions that part of why he fell from grace was he funded his own movie. He's like, I'm tired of always being Lee the Kid, the royal, like being this action-packed person. I want to do a movie that has feeling. And he did this movie called Glass Flowers about planting imaginary flowers for his mom. And everyone hated it. Like, it was the biggest flop, and it ruined his career. And now he's just trying to make ends meet, is what it sounds like. And the story talks about him trying to to get through it all. And um, kind of being, I get the impression that he's almost blackmailed by a guy named Mr. Bullock, who's who owns the rights to all his movies now and is trying to to keep him, like, under his thumb. So, if you're interested in this kind of issue, then go get feeder number one and see where it goes. All right. Uh, so, with that, we'll move on to our discussion of the Flintstones. Uh, Jared, for those of the, the, you that are listening that do not want spoilers on Flintstones, what book are we reading in two weeks? Secret Invasion. Uh, by Brian Michael Bendis, the Marvel one that's uh, the up, the inspiration for the upcoming Disney Plus show starring Sam Jackson, which comes out later this month. I believe that's why we chose this yeah, book. I, I believe think, it's at the at end of the month. Time, yeah, so it might be the week. It's after, a week or two after we yeah. do the next podcast. So yeah, next time, next uh, podcast we'll be reviewing the Secret Invasion, and then a week or two later we'll be able to watch the show. Yeah. Uh, so, The Flintstones. This was my first time reading this book. How about you guys? Same here. Same. Uh, initial thoughts on this series, this I book. En- I enjoyed it. Way I, better than I thought it was going to be. Right. I had low expectations because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's Flintstones, a kid's show. You know, we all yeah. watch the Flintstones as kids and stuff like that. It was always a fun show. Reading this, it was much better than I was anticipating. It kind of reminds me of the... Uh, HBO show Velma, where it's like, oh, we're taking this childhood property, but making it for adults. But it does what Velma failed to do. Like it, it does it justice. It's not insulting. It's, it's not insulting the property or the reader. Right. And like each issue, it's six issues, I believe. Each issue is very self-contained as well. Mm-hmm. Too. Oh yeah. Yep. This you didn't. You could have picked up each of those individually and read them and been just fine. And it looks like they did a total of 12 issues of the series, too. So, like, oh, I, so there's a second volume. I could totally see myself reading the second volume after reading this. Like, Same here. I was satisfied. Not to give my spoiler of my rating of it, but like, this was very satisfying. Right. Yeah, I even looked up the the writer, Mark Russell, and I was like, what else did he do? Because this was good enough that I was like, oh, I should look into other things. Now that I know that there's Flintstones, volume maybe two. I will. Uh, one thing I do want to say that with this book is it has a ton of puns in it and i really enjoy yep. them uh instead of target they have tar pit yeah um spears and roebuck yep the, yeah like the um, the very first splash page is like a a map of all of bedrock and all the puns are there um plato's cave outback snake house i, I enjoyed that one that's a good one um the panda Express one. Panda. I, I can't find it. Yeah. Was it excess? Panda yep. excess. Yep, that one cracked me up. Crane's Lanes for the bowling alley. Like, that's a good, not a pun, but it's a good a prime. Good rhyme, yeah. Good rhyme one. Oh, and I loved how his his bowling ball and his vacuum cleaner were, like, so... They're friends. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, like, they... they how long I want to say it? They, they were the most philosophical. They yeah. were like, what's life without friends? Uh, one last 
business I have to mention because it's just funny. There it looks like a nightclub Homo Erectus. Like, yes, that's just that's just fun. Yep. Um, but yeah, during, while reading this, I mean, I haven't watched the Flintstones in a very long time. Same like, here. Since I was a kid, like I, I can see myself potentially going back to watch it, but not. I have no urge to. Right. But there are so many things because it's been so long. I forgot about different characters. Like I forgot until midway through. Oh yeah, Dino. And then when they introduced, oh my gosh. When they, right. but I didn't. I never thought about it because there's enough of the story going on. I didn't think about it. Right. Same. Here. And then they introduced it midway through. Like, oh, that's right. We haven't seen Dino in this book at all yet. Um, so and it was great. They're just like, you know, Fred's talking about. Okay, this, I bought this appliance, this goat to do the lawn, this octopus to do the dishes. They're like, what's he do? Absolutely nothing. I'll take him. I'll take it. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> there, there's a lot of social commentary that happens yeah. in this book. A lot more than I thought oh, yeah. there was going to be. Um, but stepping back a little bit, one part I never really, I never realized as a kid was none of the humans understand what the animals are saying. Right. It's only the viewers that when the, oh, it's a living sort of like all those, yep. like, their all jobs little jokes, but like it wasn't until I read this when the animals are talking to like, Oh, the humans still don't know what's going on. Cause I always thought well, that's weird that the animals are talking in the show, but whatever. No one ever acknowledges it versus this like, Oh, that's because it's them talking to the camera. Versus now in the book here, they're talking to each other and other animals speak. Right. You know, I did not notice that either. Like, honestly, the only thing I realized was that none of the humans were there when the animals were speaking. Yeah. But I didn't realize that the, the humans couldn't understand them either. But it never, I mean, it was midway through. I was like, oh, that's that's what's going on. Um, but anyway, yes. Uh, the first issue uh, is A Night on the Town uh, with the cavemen or what are they specifically it's neanderthals neanderthals yep so they're basically like um not quite evolved to the point where everyone else in bedrock is so the um quarry owner mr slate's trying to take advantage of them and get cheap labor pretty much is the way i understood it so fred's you know he's tasks fred to take them out on a night on the town so they will choose to be employed there <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, basically the gist of the first issue. And we get an explanation of why Fred wears a tie. Yeah. Because uh, you dress for the job you want, not for the job you have. Well, how long yep. have you been wearing that? Like 15, 15 years. years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that, that's, a, that's a fun one. Yep. Um, we see death in this first issue, uh, which I didn't even realize. At, at the beginning, so it has a in the present day you know, Museum of Natural History or whatever. I thought at first I was going to be a dead Fred Flintstone. Right. And like, yep. oh, it's Leonardo. Well, I was like, oh, they just, of course they wouldn't know who his real right. name was. But then it, midway through this issue, he's like, oh. It's that one of the Neanderthals. It's one of the Neanderthals. Because yep. it even has the necklace. Like, oh, well, he must have been of high importance. No, he got no. that just to do this other job because the bosses say, like, it's just fun. Yeah, it was basically Mr. Slate. They were having a hot tub party, and he said, I want that mammoth killed so we can grill it. And he went to go kill the mammoth, and the ice broke, and he fell in. That's basically it. Yeah. You know? It's like, okay. <laughs> it just threw so many curveballs in there that was fun like that. And I like the way they do flashbacks in this book, too. Like, it has the main story, then does a little bit, like, okay, and this is why this is what's going on. Right. And, uh, but the artwork definitely identifies that it is a flashback. Absolutely. It is so easy to see that, oh, okay. It's not as Good crisp. It's a little bit of a filter on right. it sort of thing. Uh, explains why Wilma's doing the hand paintings and stuff like well, right. that's where she's from, from the hand cave painting and everything. Uh, issue number two, then, is the introduction of Bam Bam. 
Yep. Which I want to jump ahead of this uh, chronologically. I loved his Bam's origin. Yes, I did yeah, too. I never realized that either. Um, I think, I mean, I believe in the show it was biological signs I still. I tell uh, you. Yeah. It fit for this story. But like the whole jungle people story of like, oh, they were hinting at it along the way. It wasn't until issue six, like, oh, this was the war. Right. Quote, this was the quote war with them. It genocide. It was complete massacre of them. Yep. Um, and why were they doing it? Just because there was no, like, yeah. they weren't attacking, the jungle people weren't attacking them at all. They 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 encroached on their land and got rid of them just to have a quarry then. Yep, pretty much. But uh, Barney picks up one of the uh, jungle people's childs that they found. The survivor. And they adopted him. Yeah, because Barney couldn't have kids, apparently. Yeah. Um, so Barney and Betty, they have Bam Bam. Uh, at first, I, when they were doing the story, I was like, oh no, are they going to say, like, Bam Bam was going to be Fred and Wilma's. They or yeah, they're just going to give away to Barney. Right. But no, I'm glad it was because there's always been a flirtation between Bam Bam and Pebbles. Like this would yeah. be weird. This is a Luke and Leia situation here. Right. But uh, they that kind of explains Bam Bam's strength and everything like that. So mm-hmm. because he's got you know he can lift a car, he can chuck a bully over a building. You know, he's doing all this different stuff with that. Uh, and they definitely aged up. Uh, Pebbles and Bam Bam for this, which I'm glad they did because yeah, they're they, teenagers. Well, they can do more of a story with the with them being older right. versus just the babies doing nothing. Yep. So issue, th- uh, was it two or yeah? Issue at the end of issue two, they introduced Dino. Yeah, that's right. the The final member to the family. Yep. That's because that's when the, all the appliances were talking. And yep. I like how they're like, "Oh, hello, appliance. Hello, vacuum. Hello, other appliance." Like, right? They didn't have names. They were just their jobs right i liked their uh science and technology it's basically um they're talking about some people think the earth is a giant rock spinning in space of course the prevailing theory is that earth sits on the back of a giant turtle i'm like i love this that's you know (laughs) but uh we do they uh basically send a quote-unquote rocket ship uh they catapult a monkey into space (laughs) did did we just watch them kill a monkey just for our entertainment right just for a bunch of eighth graders, but um, it turns out that the monkey made it to space, and then aliens come down to Earth, and they're basically like, "Oh, we'll leave you guys in peace. We're good. We're good." And later on, the, all these alien kids go to spring break. Backpedaling a little bit, I do love the continued continuity of the Flintstone of how do you drive the vehicle? It's all the feet. Yeah. So on the school bus, you see all the kids' feet dangling underneath. They're getting ready to push it as well, too. Like I love yeah. that they kept that that being true to the show as well. Uh, but yeah, the aliens, uh, which I again I forgot all about the later seasons where they introduced the Great Gazoo. The Great yeah. Gazoo. Uh, but I love the origin for this. One. Like, oh, what did, what did the mayor say? He is like he's our great. He's our well, uh, real quick, the uh, teenagers who are basically on spring break, they're partying and just destroying the city. Uh, they call the cops to try to get the cops to deal with them, and then the aliens just start killing them. And they're basically just butchering all these people. And the, just disintegrating. Uh, just, yeah, nope. alien law enforcement comes in and well, basically... Well, they call their parents. Yeah, they call their parents <laughs> and stuff like that. And then uh, the Great Gazoo becomes quote-unquote game warden. Uh, it roughly translates to game warden. Yeah. You're unevolved, so I guess I'm stuck here. And right. He's basically a zookeeper. I, I just would have liked him once to say dum-dum. 
Yeah. I, I do remember that where he yep. always call Fred dum dum. Yep. So I thought that was great <laughs> the way they did that. Yeah, at first the violence threw me a little bit because I was at that point still expecting, oh, this is a children's cartoon, and then no, like it got getting got serious, and like when they were watching TV for the first time, and even the news reporters like, oh, that's a little graphic. Uh, maybe you should have not watched that, but too late now. <laughs> right, <laughs> we know for the future. Crap, kids are watching. <laughs> uh, I love uh, Fred's shell phone. Yes, like this, the cell phone, shell phone. There's a lot of stuff they put in since the phone was originally aired that you know was not a, li- a thing that was around right. then. We're like, oh, we'll just put this in here now too. Um, I like the two-page story of the domesticated, how to domesticate a lion and stuff. Yeah, or the saber tooth tiger. Like, eh, uh, I love you, kitty. I prefer you to starvation. Like that seems yeah. so cat-like. Like, yeah, that is the best. That was another one I wanted to take a screen cap of, and I, I wasn't able to. Like, but. like that's pretty good. Yeah, that's very cat. Um, the uh, monogamy issue, the main, the couples retreat thing, uh, I thought that was pretty bold. Of, of I DC, did really. too. They uh, were pro-monogamy when the world is against it. Well, well Fred and Vilma, I don't mean like DC. Right. So, obviously, they're married, and they only want to be with each other. But this but is a that's... direct analogy to gay marriage, like 100%. Yeah. Because... And then when gay marriage showed up, they're like, oh, wait, no. Right. Yeah. But the signs, marriage is unnatural, that, that sounds familiar. Yep. One man plus one woman equals two weird. Like, that, that's just fun. Then I think my favorite one of all of them, which is the dumbest one, God hates dads. <laughs> like, I see what you guys did there. But, yeah. Um, oh, you progressive hippies, you know, with monogamy. Don't you know you should just go to the sex cave like everybody else? Right. <laughs> like, uh, they've definitely... And then, like, yeah, like you said, Laura, like, oh, there's two gay people. Like, and the one pastor's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm only, you know, I'm on the side of whoever is the majority or minority. I he majority. said he was in the minority. He, Yeah, like, he's like, I'll, I'll be on that side, but not this side. Like, I always want to be fighting my fight, not necessarily... Uh-huh. Yeah, kind of. He he said, at the time, I was in the minority. So once he became the majority, then he was like, no, now they're, they they can't have what they want. It's only if I'm in the minority that it I'm, yeah, yeah, but I'm fighting for this. Uh, <laughs> but I did love Fred's ex- explanation, like, no, uh, these guys, you know, they helped save me. They saved me, yeah. like, you should not turn someone away because of their sexual preference. Like, no matter what, they're still human beings. They right. still contribute. They're still loving, blah, blah, blah. And, like, the story of how they helped save him. is like, no, they will always be part of my family. Either you accept them or I'm going to kill you, <laughs> effectively. <laughs> um, and, oh, wow. And the pastor, well, I guess I have a lot to, a lot of things to do. But I probably won't. Like, oh, right. <laughs> that, that sting again. Like, oh, I should probably be thinking, but no, nah, I'm not. At least, at least he's honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not necessarily a good thing, but. That makes me think of superficial things. Uh, I was really impressed. I was getting some super Superman vibes off Fred and his hair in all of these issues. Like the way they bit. drew his... It has that little his, bit of a swoop yeah. on it, yeah. He definitely... For me, too, there's still some John Goodman influence on this yeah. also. Yeah, a little when bit. When they did the yeah. live-action Flintstones. Like, yep. I definitely see some Goodman-esque abilities to this. Uh, but yeah, then we get the election... 
that's going on. And yeah, that's the same where we, it's the sixth issue, the election of who's going to be the new mayor, who's going to be the pr- class president. And we all see, okay, what was this war that they kept talking about? Right. Why did they join? Who do they fight? How do they fight? And everything. And I, I think it was this, this book was very good at jumping around, like having three stories per issue. Yeah. But I think it oh, juggled it really well. Notice. At least this last one had three right. stories. Okay. And, but it juggled enough around like, oh, this actually works really well. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, sometimes when they do too many stories, like, okay guys, you're cramming too much in, it's too distracting, but this, the flow, the, the theme fits the entire time for it too. Um, I liked the one bully, uh, vote for me or I'll punch you. What was it? In the beef. In the beef. I'll vote for me or I'll punch you in the beef. Like, what a what a campaign to run off of that. <laughs> and then one of the kids later got punched and goes, oh, my beef. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, my generic beef. <laughs> I just got hit. Uh, and then, yeah, Pebbles runs surprisingly for president and looks like now she, gets, she gets shoved into it. Well, I mean, she she spoke her mind up about it first. Right. And then everyone's like, I'm voting for you whether you like it or not. Yeah, yeah that's it. Uh, and I'm. I don't, we don't really see the conclusion of this, but I'm pretty sure she gets elected then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by like default. And I was mistaken, that wasn't even issue six, that was issue five for that. Yeah, I kind of wonder oh, yeah. what you were saying yeah. there, because I was like, there's one more after that. Because uh, I like the Mothodome oh, clinic and the, the real... was the, uh, the end of the world. The, and that, the, the, the asteroid. And the panda excess yep. at the mall. And I, I did like the... Oh, it's the end of the world based off our new computer. The Applecus instead yep. of Atticus and Apple. Like, yep. And then one of the, you know, pebbles you moved from left to right was two... Mating moths. Yeah, mating moths. So, and then when they flew away, they're like, oh, our calculations were off. And the asteroid <laughs> just misses everything. Yep. Like, and we're like, all fine. <laughs> uh, let's just pretend this never happened and everything's good. Yeah, sure. Might as well. Uh, minus, you know, the professor that did the calculations got strung up on the wall with duct tape and, yep, tomatoes, and tomatoes thrown yeah. at him and everything. And moths around him yeah. all over the place. I love that that guy gave me Carl Sagan vibes, too. <laughs> uh, and one thing I want to say is the first variant after that final page. I love the variant cover for number one, where it has Fred and Wilma doing a selfie. With the bird chiseling. With the bird chiseling with the yep. candle on top. Like, that's just a fun selfie thing there. Yeah. That was cool. Uh, so, yeah, the art on this was pretty solid throughout the whole thing. The variant right. covers, I liked all of them, really. Uh, it was, for me, all around a good book. Yeah. Uh, let's do our standard, unless anybody else wants to say anything, uh, we'll do our standard rating of one to five, one being awful, five being great. Jared, where, where would you rate the Flintstones volume one? I gonna give it a five for what it was. I was not, I came, I came into this with no expectations thinking it was going to be campy and everything. And it was in a great way. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I would give it a five. And, and the... Like we said before, the the themes that handled with right. the Flintstones filter on, like, oh, yeah. this is it wasn't too and it wasn't too preachy either. Like, no, it was, not at it was all. Like, oh, you're getting your point across, but not being too over the top about it, too. Right. Um, but uh, I don't know if I would. Uh, this is just rating it for what it is. I might check out the second volume and finish out the twelve issue series. Especially, it's but, only it's, it's only six right, more that's issues. Not much, yeah, just to see how it goes. But I don't think I would get this if it was ongoing. Not my cup of tea, but for what it was, a five. Yeah, if we had the, for me, if we had the one through 12 all together, I'd be like, yeah, sure, read that, right. because that, I think that is worth it. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Laura, what would you rate it? I gotta give it my standard four, because it didn't have Spider-Man. 
but it was still really good. Yeah, I would I would read more. There's the potential. I might even read this again someday if I'm like, oh, I remember that being pretty good. I'd, I'd go back to this. And like you said, it was, it had good social commentary. I think even like the, the back of the cover, that description of it was very accurate. Once I, once I read through it, I almost feel like I should find that. Sorry. Oh, it is the next page on here. Let's see. This modern take on the iconic Hanna-Barbera primetime animated series is darkly hilarious, casting an acerbic, sorry, eye on issues like consumerism, religion, politics, and relationships. That's both distinctly 21st century and uniquely Flintstones. Super accurate. Yeah. And was that a quote from someone, or was that their actual description? That's okay, that's I guess a, maybe some. I don't no, know. I, I took that as like. Yeah, the, that's their official description. Because I yeah. saw above there was a bunch of quotes from different yeah. quick reviews of everything of what it was. Yeah, sorry, it's hard for me to read. Like my my app sucks because it has all these things I can't get rid of. Yeah. Like, oh, zoom in. I don't want to zoom in. I just want the zoom in button to go away so I can read. <laughs> but. <laughs> uh, for me, I'm torn. Um, go high or go home. Well, in that case, I'll, I'll, I would go a five uh, because, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It was not what I expected. I, I know when it first came out, I was like, this is just a cheap ploy. Right. Capitalizing on the IP. What? Like, oh, no, this is actually a good story. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for me, I could definitely see myself reading the next, the, the second half of the final six right. issues of it. Because, um, yeah, it was the art was solid. My only reason I was thinking about possibly giving it a four is because. No the, Spider-Man. Well, that's a part of it, yeah. <laughs> but also, the audience, I'm not exactly sure who it's for. Right. Because, now, well, yeah, now I know, but, like, just reading on the shelf, like, oh, it's an adult version of this classic cartoon from 19 blah, 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 over 30 plus years ago. Probably 40 plus at this point. I don't... I don't know. I don't know when the, when I the Flintstones came out. I will while you're finishing. Um, so, like, it's kind of a heavy nostalgia lean on for that. But with that being said, after having read it, I I now know how to sell it to other people too. Like, okay, mm-hmm. do you know roughly the Flintstones? But you want a more modern take on still the old topic. Nineteen sixty. Nineteen sixty. So, wow. sixty years ago. <laughs> uh, so I mean, they they did a good job with it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm impressed. Yep, um, agreed. They brought them right out of the Stone Age, and kept it in the Stone Age, mm-hmm. but with modern politics and everything. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I'm I'm glad that Jared, you and I, we discussed it and we said let's let's try it. I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad we read it. This right. is one that was this one was a joy to read. Right, and it's we're trying to force ourselves to read something we haven't read before, and we're both just like let's go with that. We haven't never we just done got, it. Well, there's one we just got back in the store recently because uh, like oh the distributor's doing a sale, so we'll bring it in. We'll try it yeah. again, and I'm like oh I'm definitely glad that we brought it back in because right. it was, was fun. It was a good read. Uh, so. With that, in two weeks, Laura, what book are we going to be reading? The Secret Invasion. There we go. See, I, I, I know I asked you last time, Jared. So I, I was know. ready for it. I knew you were ready this time. So yeah, well, in two weeks, we'll Trying read Secret Invasion me. with Marvel. Um, with that, let's talk about Heroes of the oh, Week. Oh, crap. <laughs> Count Booker. Otherwise, we didn't warn you this time. No, yeah, you guys I, didn't warn me at all. I, I forgot till about two minutes ago. I thought about warning you. I was like, uh, no. Because before we started, like, okay, remember, guys, we're going to do this one, this one, this one. I specifically left out this part. <laughs> Just for that reaction, Jared. Ooh, uh, do you need a lot of time, Jared? Could I, I could, could use I could, a couple of minutes. I could ask my questions about previews if we need to waste time. Uh, I mean, we don't I need don't to need waste to. a whole lot of time. No, I can come up with something pretty quickly. Oh, I got one. 
Uh, you know it's what? a repeat one, but uh, I'll go first though. Okay. Uh, my hero of the week is going to be our friend Kyle. Uh, he was w- one of the people that came over for the party this past weekend, and I used his tallness to help me attach the uh, the black light above the ping pong table. I was like, uh, "Hey, Kyle, you're here. I'm not done yet, and I don't feel bad getting this done while you're here. So, can you hold this up here for me while I attach it to the the ceiling?" So, thank you, Kyle, for being tall and for being our friend. Uh, he also grilled our burgers with our party because yep. we cannot be trusted with the grill. And they were good. So, yeah, Kyle's my Hero of the Week. Laura, who's your Hero of the Week? I think I want to go with Mark Russell, who was the author of that Flintstones book, because he did did a great job on his social commentary, uh, made a surprisingly good read. And like I said, I, I started to Google what else he'd done. In fact, may I should try to find... Let's see if that tab's still open in my phone. Yeah, admittedly, oh, I am curious what else he's done. There there was one other thing that I was like, maybe I could find that. Yeah, sorry that I I have so many tabs open on my phone, the little number thing switched to a smiley face. It doesn't even <laughs> Too say Too many things. <laughs> so I'm going to look it up and see if I can find... You uh, said it's... Mark Russell. I, the I the Prez... Oh, Exit stage left, Snagglepuss, so there's more Hanna-Barbera. He's done Superman Space Age. That's a more recent one, I believe. One Star Squadron, he's done that. Red Sonya. Traveling to Mars. I remember seeing that in the store. Huh, none of those are on my list. Fantastic Four Life Story. Oh, that's right. I did see that one somewhere. Yeah, Snagglepuss, which was another Hanna-Barbera. Same with... Uh, I don't know why that wasn't. Uh, the Wonder Twins. He did the Wonder Twins activate. As far as real books go, he did God is Disappointed in You. I know I've oh, seen that on your shelves before. that's right. Yes. So he's done a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think... Oh. oh. Sorry, I saw Brian Michael Bendis. I think he... Oh, it just says something he did was curated by Brian Michael Bendis. Ah. Yeah, he's done a bunch of things. Yeah. So he, he's a, a decent hero. Uh, so, Jared, who is your hero that we bought you time for, even though you already so, figured it out? Um, I'm going to go with my uncle, Joe. Uh, he bailed me out again this weekend when I was going to change my brakes again. So I needed a special tool. He was able to come help me out because I didn't know I needed a special tool to to uh, push the calipers in on my and, brakes. And what so. was the lesson you learned while changing your brakes? Have somebody else do it. There you go, folks. <laughs> Don't quit smoking while changing brakes. <laughs> but the big thing is, when it comes to car maintenance, if you have someone else to do it, have them do it instead. Yeah. I schedule, saved money. Schedule an appointment with a garage. Get it taken care of. I saved money, but... Your stress was not uh, worth yeah, it. Yeah. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> but at least we got to see... Then, then also, honorable hero would be Larry, who is our friend that, who is our friend that we saw playing concert on Monday. Down in Salina, so yeah, uh, yeah. Just I figured it'd be worth mentioning that his it was his first gig in like twenty years, I think. Like yeah, the first it was one good. I've, I've ever been to his. So they sounded really good. Yeah, it was a good time. And the weather cooperated. It was a great day. Yeah, it was. And it was three Poké stops. It was three Poké stops. So Laura was happy because she was yep. playing Pokemon Go the entire time, and it was a good time. So, boardwalk Grill in Salina. Yep, three Poké stops. There you go. Uh, so with that, everybody, thank you for listening. Barring any complications, we'll be back in two weeks. Again, Secret Invasion is the book we're going to talk about because there's a Secret Invasion show coming out. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to go see the new Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I don't think you said you can make it. I'm not going to make it tomorrow. But 
Don't worry, the rest of us will. We'll tell you how it is. We'll tell you that you should go see it. Spoilers. Uh, Yeah, thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll see you all next time. So now you can answer my questions about previews.